God to help us as we look into the Word of God. Morning, Father, thank you so much for the opportunity that is ours once again in freedom to open the Word of God to study it together. I pray that your Spirit would be free to speak to our hearts and our minds. I pray that your Spirit would have control. I pray that whatever things that might distract us from hearing from you this morning, that you would help us to set those aside. I pray that Satan wouldn't have a foothold into our mind and our heart this morning. Thank you so much for all that you've been teaching us over the last weeks as we've been studying what it means to be rooted in you. And as we kind of explore that a bit more this morning, I pray that, that our roots would go down deep into Jesus Christ and the things that would, that would stop our roots from growing, that we'd be willing to deal with those. And so we ask that your spirit would just have complete control. Thanks so much for the space that we have to worship together. Thanks for the, the wonderful atmosphere of being together and celebrating Christ together. In your name we pray, amen. If you've been with us the last three weeks, Pastor Mike has done a great job of introducing us to the Rooted Campaign and talking to us about what it means to have our roots go down into Christ. And he's mentioned a number of times that our Rooted Campaign, yes, money is part of that, but really that's not the main issue. The main issue is that we as a church would allow our roots to go down into Jesus Christ and that we as a church would be established and would grow into the, the, the body of believers that would make a difference in the Oxford Hills for Jesus Christ that he wants us to make. And that's first and foremost. The other thing is when God has a hold of our heart and our lives are being rooted in Him, then all of the other stuff, the service, our finances, uh, how we do ministry, all of that follows suit. And God needs our hearts first. He needs to get a hold of our hearts, and He needs us to be rooted down in Him first. And so Pastor Mike has talked to us the last three weeks about, first of all, identifying our need as a person to be a Christ follower, That we come to a place where we have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And then he talked to us about some stages of growth. Salvation and then walking in Him and then being consistent in our walk with Him. And then growing in maturity in Him. Then he told us this, that we're to pursue or we're to chase after righteousness. Guys, you'll remember that. That was on the week we went bird hunting, and he kept talking about how much it costs to go bird hunting, and, and we were all back there asking him, stop, stop, don't tell our wives what we spend um, on bird hunting. But he was talking about the chase, right? All the effort that goes into chase, and that's exactly what the Scripture tells us about our pursuit of righteousness, that it doesn't matter the overall cost. We're in. We're going for it. We're going to put everything that we have into that pursuit of righteousness. And then last week, we looked at Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 4, and chapter 3 and chapter 4, and he talked to us about four different types of roots that we have. Remember, the strength root, the love root, the knowledge root, and the work together root were the things that he talked to us about last week. So at this point in our journey, we have a relationship with Jesus Christ, and our roots are growing down And we're becoming stable in Jesus Christ. And we're pursuing the right nutrients for our root growth. And now it's all up and grow and mature. And everything is awesome. And we're just going to produce fruit all the time, right? 
Exactly, Jay. Jay just said, wrong. Not quite so fast. Let's talk for a moment about plants and trees. Now, here's where Mike and I differ. Mike hates dirt. I love dirt. I love the smell of dirt, by the way. I love a freshly plowed field. I, it's just, when I drive by a freshly plowed field that, that's been broken up nice, and I would just like to roll in the dirt, okay? A little different than Mike. He tries to stay away. I like the dirt. But let's talk for a moment about plants and trees, and here's a few things that I know about them. They need water, they need the right soil, they need sunlight, and they need heat to grow, right? That's why these greenhouses are all here, because we get to start early. Last year, not so you'll be jealous, but I started my tomato plants in March last year, and I put them in, Gemma helped, and, and she actually made me do more than I wanted, but we, we did tomato plants, and I put them in pots, and I put them right up against, in one of these greenhouses, right up top, right up next to the, to the plastic where it was nice and hot. And within two weeks when I came back, those, those tomato plants had gone from little teeny plugs to they were already starting to show some blossoms. And so by the end of May, when I, when I, I we had fresh tomatoes, okay? Why? Because the, the heat was right, the nutrients in the soil were right, the water was right, the conditions were, there was sunlight, it, the conditions were perfect for growing those tomatoes, and that what, that's what we need in our own lives is we've got to have the right conditions, but the conditions aren't always right. When the conditions are right, things grow very well, and they do a great job. Remember our memory verse? You're gonna, you guys have already memorized your memory verse, right? The committed memory verse. It's in, you've been working on it. You've got to remember. You, if you've been reading my blog, you already have it memorized, correct? Hello? Okay, we're going we're gonna to save the memory verse together. I'm going to put it on the screen so you can cheat. Are you ready? This is church and you're cheating. I can't believe it. Here we go. Ready? You're going to say this with me. Ready? The person who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence indeed is the Lord, is blessed. He will be like a tree planted by water. It sends its root out toward a stream. It doesn't fear when heat comes. Its foliage remains green. It will not worry in a year of drought or cease producing fruit. That tree that he's talking about in Jeremiah 17 is a tree that has all the right elements. And even when things go sideways, because the tree has the right elements, it doesn't drop its leaves. It doesn't stop producing fruit. It doesn't give up and wither and die. Why? Because the tree's rooted and it's mature and its roots are going in the direction that it needs and it's sought out the, the nutrients that it needs to feed that tree and keep it healthy. That's what our verse is all about. Please memorize it. You need it. You need that in your heart. But too much of some of these elements, water, nutrients in the soil, sunlight, or heat, can be bad for that plant. One of these elements gets out of whack and it can actually kill that plant. In the plant world, there are various kinds of pests and diseases that affect and will eventually kill a plant. There are blights and blisters and insects and molds and fungus and soil issues that can come along and they can kill that plant. 
And one of the main causes of death in a plant or the stunted growth of a plant is something called root rot. And this morning I want to talk to you about root rot in your life. Say, what? Yeah, I want to talk talk to you about root rot in your life. Root rot causes a plant to, its leaves to wilt. It causes early leaf drop. It causes pale colored leaves. It makes the branches, the end of the branches begin to die back and the tips of the branches will break off and die because of root rot. The, the canopy of the tree will start to thin and start to drop. Basically, root rot will affect the entire tree. Root rot is caused by too much water around the roots. Not enough water is bad for the tree, but too much water is also bad for the tree. And if you, unlike Mike, who's not a gardener, if you are a gardener, you may have heard or you've been around gardeners, you may have heard them say this about a, a tree. You may say his, that, that tree's feet are too wet. Their feet are too wet. It means their roots, the root mass in the tree or the plant is too wet. And what happens when that root mass gets too wet in a tree, I'm almost done with all the plant stuff here, I'll help you, but when the root mass gets too wet and the feet are wet in that plant, in the soil around the root, there's all kinds of fungus. And that damp soil brings to life that fungus and it starts to grow. And when it starts to grow, it attacks the root. And you may say, but water's good for the roots. Yes, but a plant takes a lot of its oxygen out of the soil around its roots. And when it's too wet, it can't get the oxygen that it needs to translate the oxygen and the water into the nutrients that it needs that feeds that whole plant. And so too much water causes, you say it with me, what? Root rot. And so this morning... I want to talk to you about root rot in our own lives and what can happen to us as Christ followers. See, as Christ followers, we can get soggy feet too. And there are diseases, there are things that can creep, there are characteristics, there are circumstances, there are events that can creep into our lives as Christ followers and they will affect every aspect of our life. It won't be just one little part of our relationships. It will be the whole thing that gets affected because we have root rot sneaking into our lives. I want to talk to you this morning about three causes of spiritual root rot. Three causes of spiritual root rot this morning. And uh, if you have your, your little book with you this morning, there's a place in there for you to take some notes and write them down, but they'll be on the screen for you. Cause number one of spiritual root rot is this. It's selfishness. Cause number one is selfishness. For 2 Timothy chapter 3, 1 to 4 says it this way, but know this, hard times will come. And have hard times come in your life this last? Yeah, yeah. Hard times will come. I mean, uh, the, the author here knows this. Paul knows this. Look, it's not if, it's not, it's, it's when, and they are coming. And those hard times look different often. Sometimes it's because of persecution in the church. Sometimes it's because I'm going through some emotional difficulties in my own life. Sometimes it's as a, as a, as a nation or, or as a county or as a state, there are things that are going on that cause hard times in my life. And that's what Paul is writing about. And he says, we know this, hard times will come in the last days. 
For people will be, and catch this, look, it says they will be lovers of what? You say it. They will be lovers of self. Is anybody else except for these first bunch here? Ready? They will be lovers of self. They'll be lovers of self. They'll be lovers of money. They'll be boastful, proud, demeaning, disobedient of parents. Brutal, without love for what is good, traitors, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. This is the root rot of self. And when we read those first few verses, what we realize is that selfishness affects my heart. And when it affects my heart, do you notice the long list that's there? That selfish, selfish heart attitude begins to change how I look at the world I live in and all the stuff that I want for me. You ever, you ever had that where your wanter's broken? You know what I'm talking about, right? If I get one more thing, I'm going to be happy. Everything's going to be great. And, and I get that thing, and then I want one more thing, right? And, and when I get that one more thing, it didn't do what I, I thought it was going to do. And so I got the one more thing, but, but my water's broken. And I, I really, if, one more, just one more thing. If I had that one more thing, I know it's selfishness. Selfishness. Well, there's a progression with selfishness. There's an internal heart issue with selfishness where I want to accumulate more and more just for me, just for me, just for me. But look at what it does long term. It doesn't stop there. Look at James chapter 3, verse 16. For where there is envy and selfish ambition, there is disorder and every evil practice. You see that? So something that started internally and I became selfish and my wanter was broken and all of a sudden I needed more and more and more for me. Selfish ambition leads to disorder and evil. Wow. It doesn't just affect my heart. It starts to affect those that are around me. But, but look, James goes farther with that. James chapter 4 verses 1 to 3 says this. What is the source of wars and fights among you? Don't they come from your passions, your selfishness, your internal desires that wage war within you? You desire and you don't have. You murder and you covet but cannot obtain. You fight and you wage war. You do not have because you do not ask and you ask and don't receive because you ask for the wrong motives so that you may spend it on your pleasures. Your, your water's broken. And he says that selfish blight that rots the root affects all of those. It affects your family. It affects your work life. It affects those in your community. It affects those in your church. It affects your friends that you rub shoulders with on a daily basis. Here's the thing about the root rot of selfishness. It catches. It catches. And the moment that my wanter gets out of shape and it gets bent in the wrong direction, I begin to spread it to the people I live life with. And all of a sudden, my family has the same selfish ambition that I have. And my friends have the same selfish ambition that I have. And my church gets affected by that selfish ambition. So root rot number one is what? Selfishness. Selfishness. It has a big effect. Root rot number two that comes along is this. It's bitterness. Look at this in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15. He says, make sure that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no root of bitterness 
springs up, causing trouble and defiling many. And you say, hey, Tim, that's a, that's a root on its own. Yeah, it is, but let me tell you something about bitterness. Bitterness is resentment leading to anger in my life. It's a buildup of it, it, my selfishness is not providing what I want, but Jay has more than I want, and so I start to resent Jay for what he has because I'm selfish and I want it for myself. And out of that, I I get resentful, and then I become angry because my situation in life is different than his. That's bitterness, and it begins to take root in me. And you say, what does that mean in that passage where it says, a root of bitterness springs up? Well, if you were to drive down just a mile down the road and swing up Clearview Drive, there's a little mini orchard up there on the hill. It's mine. And in that little mini orchard, I have a number of different types of trees. Some treat me well, some don't. One of those trees is a mac. And I fight with that mac tree. Now that mac tree, every year, sends up suckers from the root. Do you know what a sucker is? A sucker is another little root that will come up off the root system and shoot itself up by the tree and try to steal all the good. That's what a sucker is. Now, there's a reason why those suckers come off that root. See, a mac tree is a combination. It's a grafted tree. Now, that mac tree is a grafted, probably a wildflowering crab is probably what the base is because it's hardy to our zone. And the top part or the stem of that tree is a mac tree. And so what they do is when that is tiny, they cut it, they graft in the mac tree into that hardy root system so that that root will, will, will make it in our cold climate and it will draw all the nutrients into that root and it will put up a strong mac tree. Now there's a fight that goes on between the two. See, that mac tree wants to produce lots of fruit and that flowering crab wants to produce flowering crab. And so that particular tree's root system is close enough to the top of the soil that it's fighting with the mac tree and it says, I know better than the mac tree and I will reproduce myself and it sends a sucker up. And every year it sends multiple suckers up. And every year I go around and I cut the suckers off. Okay, it's just, it's my job. And if I cut the suckers off early enough, I have great, it produces. I'm not going to say great, I've never had a great one yet. But it does produce, all right? Well, folks, the same thing happens to us as Christ followers. You have to understand something, that your root system is sinful. Because of Adam's sin, we are all born as sinners. And that natural man that lives within us is fighting against God. And it is our nature to be selfish. Our root system wants to do its own thing. And when we come to faith in Jesus Christ, Scripture tells us this, that we have been grafted into Jesus Christ. I would wonder how they use these words. We've been grafted into Jesus Christ. And that graft that is put in us, it's the Spirit of God who seals us until the day of redemption. That's what Scripture says. And that graft, the Holy Spirit, is fighting to produce fruit. Anybody know the fruit that the Holy Spirit's trying to produce? Go ahead. Love, peace, joy, gentleness, patience, kindness, self-control, goodness, right? Those are the fruits that the Holy Spirit is trying to produce in us. That grafted part of the tree is trying to produce that in us. 
But our, our sinful side, the old man, the old nature, the old root system says, I know better, sucker. Right? And he puts a sucker up. And the Spirit of God has to come and cut that sucker off. That's called a root of bitterness. And we all struggle with that root of bitterness because in ourselves that selfish nature, that root rot, begins to grab a hold of the root. And we want our way. And all of a sudden resentment settles into our heart. And we fight the Spirit of God. You got, you got the, the root of bitterness taking hold in your heart. That's number two, bitterness. Number three, number three is this. Self-deception. Self-deception. 1 John 1, 6 to 8 says this. If we say we have fellowship with him and yet we walk in darkness, we are lying and we're not participating in truth. If we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we are, what's the word? Deceiving ourselves. And the truth is not in us. Self-deceit is root rot. And here's the problem with self-deceit as he describes it in this passage is this, folks. Self-deceit is something that goes on internally in my heart and in my mind. And we live life, and especially in 2020 and all that's going on and all that we've been fed over the last few months, we're telling ourselves lies. We, we hear lies and we're telling ourselves lies and we're beginning to believe things that are not true. You say, how do you know that, Tim? Well, I know this, that there's a whole lot of people who are very fearful right now and they're worrying. And guess, guess what I know about those things from Jeremiah 17, verses 7 and 8. That fear did not come from God. It's a lie. That worry did not come from God. It's a lie. You know what I know about the person of God and the spirit of God? That he does not bring a spirit of fear into our lives, but of a sound mind and a stable heart. That's the person of God. And so self-deception is this. It's me telling myself lies or listening to lies and ingesting those lies and allowing those lives to have con- lies to have control of my life and my mind and my heart. And here's the problem with those lies, that if I do not give in to the Spirit of God, if I do not allow the Word of God and the Spirit of God to have control of my heart and mind, then there is no one to stop the lie. I just keep telling myself the lie. It's called self-deception. And Scripture says it this way, if you say that you have the truth in you, but you're walking in darkness, you're lying. I didn't say it. I didn't call you a liar. Scripture did. He says, look, if you say that you know the truth and the truth is living in you, but you're not living it out, it's a lie called self-deception it causes root rot in your spiritual life it causes you to shrivel up it causes your leaves to fall off it causes the fruit of the spirit to disappear in your life and instead of maturing and becoming more like christ and the the, and producing the fruit of the spirit in your life you shrivel up and you back away and you have no effect in your spiritual life with those that you live life with 
completely different. Root rot affects the whole tree. The root rot of selfishness, the root of bitterness, and the root rot of self-deception. This little fungus happens to each of us internally. And we tell ourselves these little lies and we believe the little lies and it grows and it takes and it makes a home in us and it changes us, not to be like the Spirit, but to walk away from the Spirit. So you're sitting there this morning going, that's great, Tim, but how do I fight root rot? What do I do? Well, if it was a plant, we would make sure that its feet got dry, right? Its roots got dry, and it had the nutrients that it needs, and and it had the right soil conditions, and the sunlight, and the heat was there so it could produce fruit. So as a spiritual, as a believer in Jesus Christ, as someone with a relationship with Jesus Christ, how do I fight root rot? I am so glad you asked. Here's four ways to fight root rot. Are you ready for this? Four ways we're going to do it. We're going to move quickly through these. Number one is confession of of sin. Number one confession. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from every unrighteousness. Folks, if you see in yourself that you're struggling with root rot, first step, tell God. He already knows. You can't tell him anything he doesn't know. Confess what's going on in your heart. Get before God and say, God, I'm struggling with a spirit of fear right now. I'm struggling with a spirit of resentment or bitterness right now in my life. God, I've noticed that I am so full of self right now. God, help me with that. Confess. Confess. Number two, second way to fight root rot, it's the Word of God. Joshua 1.8 says, This book of instruction must not depart from your mouth. In other words, hide it in your heart and speak it to yourself often. You are to meditate on it day and night so that you may carefully observe everything written in it for then you will prosper and succeed in whatever you do. You want to fight root rot in your life? Then confess and get into the Word of God. Get that Word of God so that it's it's sinking deep down into your heart and your soul and it's changing who you are. You can't fight without the tools. You can't fight without the weapons that you need and the weapons are found in the Word of God. Confess and then allow Scripture to sink deep into your heart. Third way that you fight root rot is with the Spirit of God. When the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all truth He will not speak on his own, but he will speak whatever he hears. He will also declare to you what is to come. John chapter 16, verse 13. The Spirit of God who lives in you wants to fight root rot. He wants to declare truth in your life. Will you let him? So many of us say, yep, the Spirit of God is alive. But we've squelched the Spirit for so long. We've said no to the Spirit of God for so long that He's in the background now. And we can't even hear Him anymore. When He speaks, we don't hear. Because selfishness has taken a hold of us. Fear has taken a hold of us. How do you fight root rot? (laughs) You allow the Spirit to have control, to do His work. Number four, fourth way that you fight root rot is other believers, Hebrews chapter 10, verses 23 to 25 says, Let us hold on to the confession of our hope without wavering. Since he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to provoke love and good works, not neglecting to gather together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging each other. 
And all the more as you see the day approaching, folks, we need other believers in our lives. We don't need other believers in our lives who are just like us. We need other believers in our lives who are growing in their faith. I'm not saying that you're never growing. I'm saying that sometimes we struggle with root rot. And we need believers in our lives who are willing to look us in the eye and say, hey, what's going on? Why are you all about yourself right now? Hey, what's going on? Why are you bitter right now and angry? Hey, what's going on? What lie have you been telling yourself? We need believers who will stand beside us and be bold in our encouragement of one another. I'm not talking about tearing each other down. I'm talking about lifting one another up, encouraging each other on in our walk with Jesus Christ. Folks, there are ways to fight root rot. But here's the thing. It's whether or not you're willing to do it. It's like anything. It's like anything. Hey, there's every person in this room right now knows how to lose weight. You know that? Every person in this room right now knows how to be healthy. Do you know that? It surrounds us. All the, the question is whether we want to. Am I right? Come on, I know I'm stepping on to, but am I right? Sure. I love chocolate. I love chocolate cake. I love sweet stuff. All right, And I know that that stuff is not good. I know what I should do. But boy, is it hard. Isn't it? The same is true spiritually. Folks, as believers, we know what we need to do. The question is, are we willing to do it? You know what's causing root rot in your life. I only named three. There's more. You know how to fight the root rot in your life. The question is, are you willing to do it? Are you willing to put the effort in? Two questions I want you to ask yourself this morning as I close. And then we're going to celebrate what Christ did for us. He gave us an ability to fight root rot. And we're going to celebrate communion. But two questions I need you to ask yourself. Number one, first question is this. Do you have root rot? Do you have it? Is it something that's got a hold of your heart? Is it something that's got a hold and that root is starting to spring up or the roots are starting to not get the oxygen and the nutrients that they need from the Word of God? Do you have root rot? And then question number two is how are you going to fight it? What are you going to do to fight it? If you've got root rot in your life, what are you willing to do? How far are you willing to go to fight it? You'll notice in your book this morning that the notes from this week, it says the action statement is this. It's to engage with another believer, to pray for, to encourage, to send a note, to send a verse, to spend some time encouraging another believer. Folks, the reason we did that is because we know it's one of the best ways to fight root rot. If you're going to care for another believer, you can't be selfish. <laughs> if you're going to care for another believer, you've got to get over your bitterness. If you're going to care for another believer, you can't listen to the lies that you're telling yourself in your heart and your mind. Because you've got to let the Spirit of God have control. Do you have root rot? What are you willing to do to fight it? Jesus already did something for us that helps us fight root rot. God the Father knew the struggle that we would have internally. And He knew that that struggle was sin. And because there was nothing that I could do, Tim, and, and you, but nothing that I could do to fight that on my own, he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to go to the cross and to become the perfect sacrifice to shed his precious, 
perfect blood so that my sin could be cleansed and I could fight root rot. And after Jesus Christ went to the cross and he defeated death, Scripture tells us, he rose again the third day. And he went to sit at the right hand of the Father. And he doesn't just sit and, 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 and his job is done. That's not it. He sits at the right hand of the Father and this is what I love. He's an advocate for me <laughs> at the right hand of the Father. And he looks at the Father and he says, you see that Tim Knowles guy? He's struggling with root rot. <laughs> He's got problems. Hey, you do too. So he's got problems. And he needs help. And Jesus Christ prays on my behalf before the Father. And he he says to the Father, he says, look at Tim. He's perfect because of what I did. Scripture tells us this, that when Jesus left, he sent another of the same kind, an advocate, the Spirit of God, to come and to live and dwell within me. And to produce the fruit of the Spirit in me. And to fight and give me the strength to fight the battles that I fight because of root rot. And the Spirit every day makes intercession on my behalf. Scripture says this, that He prays in ways that I can't. And He prays for me in ways that I don't even understand because my knowledge isn't that great. And so God has given you an ability to fight those root problems that you have through His Son, Jesus Christ, and through the ministry of His Holy Spirit. And that's what communion is all about. Communion is a reminder that God is on your side. He's on my side. And God is going before you and me to make our path straight. He has given us victory in Jesus Christ and the power to live through His Holy Spirit. And that is what communion is all about. And that's what we want to celebrate. So if you're a Christ follower this morning and you're in, in, in good relationship with Jesus Christ, then I want to encourage you this morning to take the little cup and the wafer that you were given as you come in. And as we sing this next song, I want you to go ahead and take that. But let me read these verses from Matthew 26. As they were eating, Jesus took bread and He blessed it and He broke it and He gave it to the disciples, and he said, Take and eat it, this is my body. And then he took a cup. And after giving thanks, he gave it to them, and he said, Drink from it, all of you. For this is the blood of the covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. But I tell you, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine now until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. And after they had sung a hymn, they went out unto the Mount of Olives. And Jesus instituted this thing called communion. Where we take a broken piece of cracker or bread and we remember the fact that he allowed his body to be broken for us, for our sin. And we take that juice or wine and we drink it and we remember that his blood was shed to, as the payment, as, as the payment for my sin, for your sin. And Jesus Christ did it completely on that day. So that we could live in freedom. So that we could have hope. Father, as we celebrate communion together this morning, thank you so much for the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. Thank you that I've been made new 
before the Father because of what Christ did. Thank you that I have access to my Heavenly Father because of Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for the ministry of the Holy Spirit in my life. And because of what the Holy Spirit is doing on my behalf right now, I can fight the sin that so easily besets me. I can fight the things that cause root rot to set into my heart and cause me to walk away from you. Thank you that the Spirit reminds me and shows me truth over and over and over again. Thank you that I have the privilege of confessing my sin to you and allowing Scripture to sink deep into my heart. Thank you so much for all that you have done on my behalf. I pray that you would be pleased of our worship of you this morning as we celebrate communion together. In your name we pray. Amen.